Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Ant Wright, our analyst and former Michigan basketball player, of course, uh, talking Michigan basketball. What else? Uh, off-season storylines, a lot to get to. We'll break down the roster, what it looks like right now. Obviously, that could change with the way college basketball is moving with the transfer portal, NBA decisions coming up. We'll start with those NBA decisions, though. And um, three guys, really, that we've been monitoring since the season ended. Hunter Dickinson, who tested the waters last year, came back and said before the year that he's coming back for one more season. That can change, though. He obviously has actually three years of eligibility left with the COVID thing. Uh, then Caleb Houston, who was projected a top-five pick coming into the year, obviously didn't quite live up to that but still has a decision to make. Musa Diabate, who was kind of a you know a guy that people thought could potentially be a one-and-done, had a productive year but definitely you know still a lot for him to improve upon. Um, I guess let's start with Hunter. Uh, you know, this is a guy that, you know, he said he was leaning towards going at, at times last summer when he was going through the process, um, decided to come back. You can always reverse course and come back for another year, even if you, you know, it, it's happened before it's happened with guys in basketball, it's happened with guys in football. Um, he had a really good year quietly was not talked about as, you know, a big 10 player of the year candidate, but man, did he carry this Michigan team? He was phenomenal in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Still, you know, lacks a little bit of that quickness on the defensive end that I think NBA teams are looking for. He did show he has the range on offense a little bit. Uh, your thoughts on Hunter as a prospect? They, these guys have 11 days now uh, to declare. I would expect probably all three of them to declare, and then you have till June 1 to, to come back. But I guess a uh, long-winded intro uh, to Hunter Dickinson and what you kind of think about his upcoming decision. Well, they should all declare for – just want to get that out the way. Uh, Musa should. Caleb should. So should Hunter. Uh, Hunter's Hunter's advanced analytics have gotten so much better this year. Like, his numbers have basically flipped. Um, he's improved so much. And I know that he didn't get the accolades to kind of, like, back up exactly what he's, you know, done this year. But it's been amazing. Um, I had him on – uh, Spotify live the other day. And we talked about that very thing about how like, it's like it's gotta be frustrating when you are a second team all American as a freshman and you basically, you basically like destroy those numbers the following year. And your only thing is a second team, all big 10. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, like we were both a bit, you know, we understood cause because the team struggled, but at the same time, it's just it's just funny how those things work. Um, Hunter's done a lot of things this year that you know that will impress scouts. Uh, he's been able to show that he does want to improve, and it does show that um, that he took a lot of that critique from the previous season uh, and implemented it this 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 past summer and spring and put it into work this year with a lot less spacing, like not even close. Um, 
and to do what he did was uh, he had a great season. He had a great, great season. Um, when he when he does declare, uh, just know that if he does choose to come back, he cannot declare again without declaring fully for the NBA draft. So this will be his final year that he'll be able to declare and then come back. And I find it out. I found it. I find it unreal that we can have Hunter literally through 2025 if he really wanted to play. Um, but, you know, Hunter will be probably fighting for a two-way. Um, I think that's where he'll kind of be. Um, if he does get picked, it is going to be in the, probably the 50s or undrafted. And at that point, you would much rather be undrafted than drafted like below like 45, 46. Um, I think it's super dope to be drafted, but in the long term, like you would much want to have more more power over where you want to go and where and where you think that you have your best chance and opportunity. Um, but he will be fighting for a two way contract, which you know, which isn't terrible. Um, but at the same time, it's going to be hard for him to go in and get that get that like like a really good second round, like a really good second round contract, like a Delano Banton from Nebraska. He got like a legit contract. Uh, Io Dusumu, he got a legit contract, a pretty good one for, for being in the second round. Isaiah Livers did as well. Um, but Hunter, I don't think that would be in his cards. I think he would be more in the whole two-way uh, Cassius Winston type of ideal where really good college player. We're not sold, but we're going to give you a shot to really prove to us exactly what you can do. Let me ask you this about that, because it's interesting. I, I agree with you that that's kind of the realm that he would, would live in if he declared and if he you know decided to stay in the draft and all that. Um, do you think that could change with another year of college? Do you think that could change, you know, I, two years, I think, is really, really unlikely. But let's, you know, hypothetical. Um, or is he kind of is is he what he is at this point? I mean, we saw him improve a lot. He's still going to improve on you know the things he does well. The shot is just going to get better from here, um, and, and all of that. We you know he showed he can do that. But in terms of the quickness, the switching on defense, those types of things, do you feel like he may think that hey, I'm 21, 22 years old because he's a really old sophomore. Um, yeah. You know, I'm. I am what I am in the departments that are going to hold me back. I might as well start the clock on my career. And then I'll also point out this NIL throws a huge wrench in that probably in a good way for colleges these days where he's, he's making a lot of money right now. You see the ads, you see the things he's doing outback steakhouse, whatever yeah. else Chipotle. I don't know. You know, we've seen him all over. So that throws a wrench in it too, but just your thoughts on that. Like the fact that some of these guys are like, well, I'm not going to, be able to become what they want me to become in college either way physically i am what i am you know maybe start the clock on the nba career or pro career right away it does give them a nice option where they can still stay in or they can still stay in uh in college but also the nil thing like i can also stay here build my legend but also get paid a bit as well too um, changes the game for sure, but those NIL opportunities have to have to be there, and they have to make sure that you know they're, they're like he's getting the he's reaping the benefit of of that st still being a very big factor in this whole thing. 
Um, you know, I wouldn't mind him having some conversations with Luca Garza. It's like, hey, Luca, hey, you know, you, you, you staying, like you kind of knew where you were going to be at no matter what. Uh, what was the reasoning behind you, you know, uh, staying at, at Iowa for as long as you did? And he could just tell him, like, hey, look, I was a legend. Got my jersey hung up, graduated, all that fun stuff. Um, well, unless you were born 70 years ago, you don't get your jersey hung up in Chrysler, apparently. So, that's so true. <laughs> I think that's got to change. That's yeah. got to change uh, for sure. But, um, uh, you know, Hunter has, has, a, has a, a really good chance to um, – to really build on a legendary career at Michigan, uh, one that we just don't see due to how due to how the NBA works. Because a lot of guys, if if you're an All American as a freshman, you're usually gone, right? But but his play style isn't really conducive to today's NBA. That's why we get to see a year two of him, you know, and that's why we could see a year three as well. Definitely, uh, the other guys, it's it's more interesting because they are more NBA type of guys. You know, Hunter Dickinson is more of a college type of player in terms of style, as you just alluded to Musa Diabate, you know, has the tools. He can switch on to smaller guys. He's got to get better at it. He will, um, you know, his jump shots got to get better and things like that. But there's, there's a lot of potential there. There's a reason why he was talked about as a potential one and done, even though he's only been playing basketball for a few years. Now I, I would point out he would be Michigan's, second one and done in the last two decades, and he was the fifth leading scorer uh, on the team, which is just crazy. But again, the NBA isn't as much about production as it is about potential. So, you know, you got to keep that in mind as well. But uh, with Musa, your thoughts on on him, you know, he would be a guy, he's in the G League next year. Like, he's not going to play in the NBA next year, but, you know, he could have that, that money coming to him. Um, you know, I think they have figured out some things with NIL with him being a foreign player. But, you know, he's he's wanted to be a pro. This is kind of the goal. Uh, you know, he has, you know, obviously situation that we don't fully know. Um, so that could be a, you know, factor there, just trying to get that money, start the pro career, know that he can develop there. Uh, your thoughts on Musa? A really, really complicated one. Yeah, so uh, in my opinion, Musa has, Musa has the best shot um, at getting drafted and getting an actual contract this coming year. Um, and the main reasoning is because of his measurables and just how and just how his game is able to translate. You're talking about a 6'10", 6'11", arms, what, like 7'3", 7'4". Crazy long. High, high motor, crazy active. Um, he has broad shoulders, too, so he could put on some more really good weight. Um, in a game that is very pick-and-roll oriented, he is going to be a really good pick-and-roll, roll guy a lob threat, a lob guy. Um, defensively, he should do well, especially guarding the pick and roll. Um, maybe he's not good now, but eventually, you know, it's it's all about what he, what he projects as, right? So um, there are a lot of guys like him right now in the league who are doing pretty well, who are doing pretty well. And uh, he does have to figure out his jump shot. Um, but he would have the, in my opinion, the the best shot and I think it's not even close of getting of getting to an NBA team um 
and he can slip to like mid second, possibly mid second, early second. I think if he has some good workouts and tests right and um, and some things go his way, um, I think he can find his way into that like mid early second and and not go for a two way and like have like a legit like two year with like a third year option or something like that. Okay, so you you disagree with me that he would, you know, he's developed, I guess, enough to, to potentially play in the NBA as opposed to the G League next season. I, I agree. He probably think, could get drafted. I think he could be G. I think he could be G. But, like, that's that's part of, like, the whole – Sure. That's like, like, he would go back and forth still. Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? Uh, but contract-wise, I think he'll he, he could still get, like, that two-year deal um, and not a two-way. But he'd still be, he'd he'd still bounce back and forth for sure. Okay, gotcha there. And then Caleb Houston is a a really really interesting one as well because, um, you know I think his downfall this year, um, you know he ended up actually shooting a pretty good percentage from three. He was really good at home, as yeah. we you know kind of talked about throughout the season how how crazy those splits were, um. But, you know, the on-the-ball stuff, he, he wasn't as active there, and I think that hurt Michigan's offense, although, you know, they ended up finding a, a really good stride there and becoming one of the better offenses in the country. But, um, you know, I was looking at some stats. He ran 6% of Michigan's ball screens this year. Really, really low number for a starting wing. Um, Nick Stauskas, for example, in 2013, his freshman year when he played with Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway Jr., who led the team in ball screen possessions, he was up at 13%. So that just tells you right there, uh, how say. how low that number is? I was really surprised to to see that, and and I'm glad I looked that up because it kind of validates what you thought is that you know he he wasn't able to create enough off the bounce as much as you would have thought, and I think that's why a guy like Max Christie is probably uh, a better prospect right now than Caleb Houston, although Houston may have more potential. I think he could use the weight room, he could use the Camp Sanderson, all that. Um, at the same time, when you can shoot the ball and when they think you're going to develop and, you know, he'd still get stronger if he went pro, you, you might feel like you want to, you want to go, you know, you were kind of planning on it potentially before the season. Um, so he, he's another one where it's kind of like the Michigan team expectations didn't necessarily live up to what they were supposed to be throughout the year. He did get better. He ended up putting together a pretty productive season. So um, an interesting one for sure. Your thoughts on him. Good player, um, a bit inconsistent, but we're talking about a, like a, true freshman you know who didn't have a senior season um and reclassified you know and, re and reclassified up you know granted he is in the age range he's supposed to be in because he is i believe he's 19 now i believe he turned 19 in what january i believe something like um, that yeah but you know you know he he had a very good freshman season a very good freshman year um he should have been on the all freshman team I agree. Like, like that's like that's, Chucky Hepburn over him. Ch Chucky was fine for me. Which I don't think Max should have. Okay, been he on. was the other for me. Yeah. So, like, like Max, I believe was shooting like in conference play. He was shooting like thirty percent from the field and like twenty some percent from three. Like, only had a couple games over ten points uh, for a long yeah. stretch there. And, yeah. Yeah. So, like. You know, he had – Caleb Houston had bad, better numbers than Gabe Brown in conference. So, that's I mean – yeah. Right, exactly. And that's not me being like, Michigan, Michigan. Like, I'm just giving you numbers. You know what I mean? It is what it is. 
um, the green wall working, <laughs> working real hard. This is going to be clipped. <laughs> the green wall working real hard, bro. No, but um, Caleb Houston was a bit frustrating. I get it. And it was frustrating because it was like he, he did, he'd have a few games where he was like real solid. Right. But then there were games where he was blazing hot or just ice cold. And I think that's why fans were so, so hard on him. It's almost like they would rather be him be like warm in games and like, okay, he's kind of cold tonight rather than like these huge gaps, like go 0 for 12 once and then go six for eight the next game. Like, you know, like just too many of those polarizing performances people hate on people hate uncertainty and he was kind of a microcosm of the (laughs) entire team i mean michigan was michigan was 10 and 1 i believe when he scored 13 or more points so yeah you're right like he heated up and it usually led to wins and then you know in the losses you could look at the box score and say oh caleb houston only had four points so he was kind of a, a a guy that you could you could point to and it's probably fair at times he disappeared i thought against Villanova being an example too. They needed him to to hit a few shots for sure. Yeah. And then like and then there was there were games like I think it was uh was it was it Ohio State? Was it Ohio he, he State? He went scoreless. Like, he went scoreless he, at Ohio State. Yeah, like over 10 over but I thought that was one of his better games. Yep, his shot. Like he didn't shoot well, but like defensively and on offense, the way that he was able to, you know, make everything work. He was in the right places. He was making the right plays. Um, he had, I think, one bad shot that was on a little pin down curl that he like clanked off the side of the the uh, <laughs> the backboard, which is really really bad. But in that game, you know, 10, 11, real ugly shooting performance. But man, I just thought that that was one of his bad better games overall in terms of him being just dialed in. I thought what was very underappreciated and overlooked this year was how Hunter was able, not not Hunter, but how how Caleb was able to struggle and be so inconsistent, but still just be super dialed in at all times. And as a freshman, if you're not scoring or giving something offensively, a lot of times you end up – you, if if you're not scoring, other things start to impact your game as well. And he never let that happen. So, um, so I do like that, and that shows to like his maturity, and that shows to his, um, his mentality. Definitely, and I think that is something he developed throughout the, the year. I thought early on, um, he did maybe let it impact his defense a little bit. Um, you know he. But at the same time, he he had to grow within that the system. You know, there were a lot of guys and a new point guard as well, and Devontae Jones, who had a slow start to the year. They didn't really know where they were supposed to be, um, but they just kept hammering away. And Caleb Houston's a guy that came a long way, I thought, in that area for sure. Um, so those are the three, basically the decisions. Of course, you could have a guy or two transfer as well, um, and that's a possibility. You see, what, what Ant, what's the count up to right now in the transfer portal? Like, What's the count? Dog, I, I, haven't I haven't checked the count in like four days. Um, let me check it now, though. Okay, so well, he's yeah, 1,000. Oh, go ahead, 1,317. Okay, I was close. 1,300. Yeah, so 
a crazy amount. And that, and that displays, you know, Michigan could get somebody in at some point. That, that might take a while uh, because they're still figuring out what they have. Right now they're at 13 scholarships. Um, so they're full if everybody comes back. But, again, those guys will probably declare and then have until June 1 to pull out of the draft. Um, so that's a huge process. You could have a guy leave, which would open up a spot. So Michigan's doing a good job, I think, of kind of feeling things out, reaching out to guys in the transfer portal, recruiting them, while also having some uncertainty with what their numbers are going to look like. Um, but let's let's talk about the roster as it currently looks right now. And again, that won't be uh, what it is come probably the fall. Um, but the thing that stands out right away, and we were talking about this before we started recording, is the backcourt. Um, you have three guys basically there, two of them being sophomores in Frankie Collins and Kobe Bufkin, one of them being a, a freshman point guard in Doug McDaniel. Michigan's had some freshman point guards start, but one of them was Trey Burke, different animal. One of them was Derek Walton on a, on a stacked team, and he, he was able to just kind of, you know, play and be a flow guy. Darius Morris, you know, played back half of the year, started, but was, I think, the fifth leading scorer. So it's really, really tough. I think Frankie Collins has the leg up there, but I guess let's let's talk about the, the backcourt. They probably need a guy to come in there. You would like probably a veteran two-guard. Um you know, but but your thoughts on you know the two young point guards, Kobe Bufkin, sitting there as well. Uh, Frankie, uh, he said something in his Instagram live the other day, apparently, that he had hurt his ankle against UCF, I believe, um, and that really impacted his mobility throughout throughout the season. Okay, so he was so he was limited a bit throughout the year, which was interesting. I'm not sure if people knew that, but apparently, he said that on IG live and I have, you know, fans who not my fans, but like Michigan fans who like go, go in there and they're always in there. And that was something he said, which was uh, pretty interesting. Um, I like Frankie a lot. He's, he's got to figure out his jump shot. If he can figure out his jump shot, he's an NBA player in my opinion. Um, if he could figure that out, um, he's very explosive. The way that he was able to improve def- defensively this year, um, he, he actually graded out as one of the better defenders um, on the team and the best perimeter defender as well. Uh, and you, and you, you kind of saw that against Colorado state and then again against Tennessee, where he did such a good job understanding his, his assignment, whether on the ball or off the ball. And that was night and day from how the first half of the season went for him. Um, and that's a lot of the, the, uh, guidance from the coaches, a lot of guidance from his relationship with, uh, uh, Devontae Jones, and all of that, um, you know, he's gotten so much better this year. Uh, Doug, Doug McDaniel's coming in. Doug McDaniel was player of the year in this conference, which is the WCAC, which is the top, like, legit conference. High school conference, in my, yeah. In my opinion, in the entire country. He was also player of the year in football, which is insane. Exactly. Exactly. So, great so he athlete. was WCAC player of the year. Like, this is a, this is a conference that has – like they got some juggernauts in there. Like they got Dematha and they got O'Connell and they got Good Counsel, McNamara, Gonzaga Prep. They got they got a Bishop Ireton. They got St. John's College Prep. Like they got a lot of very very good, very very good uh, programs in there, both basketball and football. And he was Player of the Year in both, which kind of shows his whole mentality as well. Um, Doug, I believe, also shot forty-one or forty-two percent from three this year. Uh, his his biggest thing was 
uh, being able to shoot. And since his sophomore season, that's like been his thing. And over the last two years, he's been working on his jumper like crazy and improved his junior year. Then his senior year, now he knows he's no longer playing with Jeremy Roach, who was at Duke this year, or Trevor Keels, who was also at Duke this year. Now he was the man, and his shot percentage got better from three. Um, just shows the amount of work that he's been putting in. Um, I think he'll be able to play next year. Um, I don't, and I'll say this, I don't want them getting a a, a transfer point guard. I think, I agree. I think we're Honestly, two guard though. Honestly. What do you think about that? I, I agree with you. At some point, you got to do the point guard. You can't have two young point guards sitting behind a veteran. I, I think one's yeah. fine, but exactly. And if you're going to get a veteran, veteran PG, it's got to be Nigel Pack or someone like that, right? Nigel Pack. He's from Kansas State. He's like you got to get one of these, or like a girl, or like a a Kendrick Davis, someone who's going to come in and like. Just take over the whole team. Like enough of these. It's hard to get. I loved, I loved Devontae. I yep. loved Devontae. I loved Mike Smith. But at the same time, you're recruiting these point guards. You got to develop them as one thing. And like, like it hurts the program if you're bringing in a comparable point guard that's right there with Frankie and Doug. Like, all he is is just getting in the way, you know? He's For not, sure. You're not, you're not boosting much. He's just putting people in the way. And um, I think Frankie's going to be ready to take over the reins his sophomore season. Uh, I think Doug is going to be good enough to play 10 to 12 minutes next year. Um, the two-guard spot's going to be the one, though, right? You got You got Kobe there, who didn't play that much this year. Then you have Jed Howard coming in. Uh, who will play both the two and the, the two and the three? Um, Isaiah Barnes is right there too, who will probably play a lot more three. Um, they may have to go out and get someone. Yeah, uh, and they're looking. That's guard. Uh, yeah, yeah, they are looking. <laughs> they are looking. Uh, there's a there's a situation going on right now that's you know that's giving me a headache. Um, but uh, they're they're definitely looking. If they can upgrade that spot, um, they'll be all right. They'll be all right overall. Um, but you know, like coming into the, to this year, I thought Kobe or Zeb was gonna really take that leap, right? Especially Zeb, because like Zeb has been itching to play for. Zeb hasn't played in a long time. Mm-hmm. Really think about it. Because he didn't was a backup at Montverde, yeah. Backup, backup. At, like, he didn't play much at Montverde. Didn't play much his first year at Michigan either. Um, like, he hasn't played since, like, 2018-19 season. If you think about it, because 1920 is Montverde. 2021 was last year. 21-22 yep. was this year. He so he hasn't good. really played since 18-19. And that was with what, like mommy? Yeah. You know? So like he's at VCU now. Hope it works. Um, but like he hasn't played in a long time, like like real minutes in a very, very long time. Um, I was shocked. I was shocked at that. Um uh I thought that we would see one of Kobe or Zeb 
to really emerge because you would feel like those two knew that that was the competition, right? And for both of them to kind of just meh, you know, that shocked me. That shocked me a lot. Yeah. Um, Jet's going to come in and he's going to play right away. He's about six seven now, I think. He can shoot the ball. He's willing to take big shots. Um, but I will not be shocked if they brought in if they brought in a good two, like a really like a big two, like someone who's like between six four and six six, um, who can get his own shot as well. Anyone out of the thirteen hundred guys in the portal stand out to you? I know so it's it's hard for Michigan to get guys in, right? It's you kinda yeah. either need to be Generally speaking, of course, there's exceptions, maybe. Uh, either a guy who just finished his freshman year um, or a grad student. Because when you're a grad, you don't, you don't have to worry about credits transferring. If you're a freshman, you can lose some of those credits you took, but you still have time to make it up and all that. Um, uh, our Anthony Broom has been doing a great job with uh, you know a bunch of different articles, kind of just profiling some of the guys that Michigan's reached out to um, in the portal. Uh, I guess your thoughts, I mean – there are a few that stand out to me, but interested uh, to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm looking through the portal now, man. You know, the whole portal, you know what, man. You know who would be not bad? Who just who just transferred? Brandon Pajemski. That wouldn't be that bad. That wouldn't be like, and I just tell I me about just it. About it. Brandon Pajemski is from Illinois. Um, top 100 kid. Uh, I I kind of compared him to Luke Kennard coming out of high school. Lefty, can really shoot the ball. Crazy talented, hard worker. Um, really good ball player. Left-handed shooter. 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Um, he's someone who could play on or off the ball. But I think he would come in and start right away, in my opinion. Um... It's a ama- oh. I didn't even think about that. Like how much sense that makes. I might. He was at Illinois. At Illinois. Okay. So he was at one of those because yeah, they had a couple I, of their their freshmen leave. I do have a breakdown on him as well on my uh, on my YouTube that I that I that I did last year. Um, I I actually really, really like his game, and I think that he will play right away. Um, then, you know, there's the whole Terrence Shannon saga that, that people are, are becoming very familiar with, Mm -hmm. um, whether I'm talking about it or, or someone else is. And then like, you know, it's bad when I got people from like, I I got like big accounts from like Kentucky hitting me up and like DMing me just like, yo, like what is going on? Then it's bad when like Illinois accounts are hitting me up like yo like this is this is what's going on here, and it's like it's a lot deeper than what people than what people think, like like it's like there's there's there are multiple layers there's multiple layers in that in that whole deal. Um, I'm not gonna talk about it here, but like there's like like there's like there's 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 multiple layers. Kentucky feels that like they've 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 got a shot, and literally told me that they have a shot because they know what's going on with the, with with some uh, behind the scenes stuff at a, 
a couple of Big Ten schools. So it's very, it's very irritating. College basketball, man. Very it's insane. You have someone who can shoot thirty eight percent from three, six six with a forty inch vertical you left see that hand. Dunk two twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're like you see that, and you're just, but you can't get it. It's like, you know, you know, like imagine going up and you're like, you're like, you're like you see the perfect burger, right? And the burger wants to be eaten. Like, oh, I want, you know what I'm saying? Like, say, like, come get it, you know? Hey, I want to be in your bag, you feel me? I want to be in your bag. But then the story is just like, your money's no good here. <laughs> right. It's like, that's no. Michigan with the transfer portal. It's, it's like, yeah. It's not Mel Tucker, you know, type of program. It's almost 180. I mean, you see it with the football team, right? They They'll bring a kid in on a visit. Um, it'll look like he's he's going to come. And then once they get to that step of, you know, the actual details of coming and, you know, school and all that, it doesn't work out. Michigan hasn't taken a Juco guy in football in, in decades either. Not my dog's barking. But uh, so it's hey, crazy. Who can we, hey, look, hey, off the record, off the record, <laughs> off the record, bro. Off the record, Xavier Worthy. Who who are we blaming? Because I've I've heard I've heard two different things. I I heard it, it was uh, a former employee who messed up. Uh, not going to name names, but uh, a former employee who who loved the uh, the Simpsons gif when things were happening. Uh, was they little Ralphie waving the little thing? Yeah, that was his thing. Was it? I heard. I I heard that that dude uh, accidentally gave out too many early enrollees and didn't give one to Worthy, or it was like an admission stake with him. Do you know which one? Off the record. Off the record. Yeah, on the record. Since we're recording, we can talk about it, <laughs> talk about it after. <laughs> All right. I, I ain't yeah. touching that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I guess that'll all right. Well, that's going to end it then because then we can we'll, we'll yeah. chat after we're done here. But uh, the people yeah. on the Wolverine.com have a little more insight on that. The premium subscribers over there. So go and go and do that right now. Uh, haven't had a Xavier Worthy thread question up on the message board in, in a little while. So maybe we're due for one. Uh, he $1. At Texas. Every time I turned on ESPN, so I was sick. I You're was making people sick. mad now, though. Yeah. <laughs> I was sick to my stomach, dog. I was sick yeah. to my stomach. He, he's we didn't a, talk about Terrace Reed. We talk about Terrace Reed, my guy. Terrace. Yeah, no, we can. Let, let's talk about. I think that's good to to talk about. Maybe in a couple of weeks when these guys declare the front court and wings. To me, it's so up in the air. Um, you know that maybe we can get to that. Clayton, Clayton, that's a hey, a. Hey, that's why they pay like, me the big bucks, man. Man, that's some like Einstein level worth of deep thinking there, bro. Like, oh yeah, you're absolutely right. There's way more limbo going on with the front court than was going on with the back court. Back court, we know what it is, and we know where we need some plugins. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that three, four, and five. You know what, Clayton? There you go. Th- that's hey, the man, thing. It- watch out for you. And we're gonna have we're gonna have Ant back on. Uh, I think we'll do every other week here throughout the off season. So uh, the college basketball off season is basically a season in and of itself. So we are gonna 
you know, continue to break things down, continue to talk about it. Things will change. I think, you know, in the next two weeks, we'll have that deadline, depending on when we record, where those guys will either have declared or not. Um, and that'll spice things up as well for the rest of the off season. But, uh, and then when they're going through workouts and all that, so there'll be a lot to talk about, uh, keep it locked here. Also join us at the Wolverine.com. $1 gets you an, an entire year. Uh, and we will see everyone next time. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.